for the Newsmax Daily from Newsmax, America's fastest-growing cable news channel. Now, now, here's your host, Rob Carson. It's Monday, ladies and gentlemen. Hallelujah! Hallelujah, it's Monday. My honeydew nightmare is over. Now I can just focus on doing a show and entertaining you guys and informing you and motivating you or hopefully motivating you anyway. <laughs> Welcome to the show. <laughs> glad to uh, glad to be here and thank you for making this show a part of your day. Please share with others. We have two special guests today. Emerald Robinson is going to give us an inside uh, <laughs> perspective on the, the January 6th uh, protests against the political prisoners being held in the uh, literally in the Washington, D.C. version of the Bastille. This won't end well for Democrats. And Andrew Giuliani, who is running for uh, governor of the state of New York, his favorabilities are through the ceiling. The election's still 14 months away. They have a COVID dictator in the office of governor right now who is making children two years old and older wear masks in daycare centers because she's an idiot. All right. Masks are stupid. If you wear a cloth mask or one of those blue surgical masks and you think it's going to prevent you from catching COVID, uh, that's like wearing a cowboy hat to go scuba diving. And you are stupid if you still do it. Yesterday I was at the gym. This idiot comes in. I'll just call him an idiot. I know you're not supposed to be an idiot. So this guy literally has this turtleneck thing that goes to his eyes and then another bandana hat on his head. So all you could see was the slit in his eyes. It was like being a woman in Afghanistan at the gym yesterday. And you just want to say something. You, you know, they always want to come up to you and, and yell at you when you're not wearing a mask you know you should be wearing a mask and i just want to come up and say you know you look like a complete freaking moron but i didn't do that i didn't i just kind of just kind of he would look at me and i'd kind of chuckle you know move my head side to side kind of like wow wow and so i think i think the message was received um but honestly if he probably didn't accept the message maybe he thought i was approving of what he was but he looked like an idiot he looked like an absolute moron at the gym it is a matter of brainwashing that's what this is guys this is brainwashing in my kids' school district, hundreds of thousands of kids, 600 tested positive for COVID last month. One was hospitalized. We know that as many as 50% of Americans who go to the hospital with something other than COVID get diagnosed with COVID and treated for COVID. They go in with a, with a, a twisted ankle and they test positive for, oh, we better take care of you. We better get that 37,500. Oh, whoa, what did I say? Did I say that out loud? Did I say that we're going to get a lot of money for diagnosing COVID and treating COVID, even though the people who are in the hospital with COVID are asymptomatic or have very mild symptoms? Just pay attention. That's all I'm asking you to do. Just pay attention. And, of course, Pfizer has gotten approval for a vaccine for 5 to 12-year-olds, which means one thing. Pfizer is going to make a bleep ton of money. That's what it means because 0.1% of deaths associated, not because of COVID, because we all know that exclusively only 6% of the deaths in the country were exclusively from COVID. The other 94% were people with pre-existing conditions, one of them being advanced age. All right, so there you go. So if you insist on wearing a stupid mask, you're a stupid person. That's what I got to say about that. There is a major debt bomb coming. Inflation, tax hikes are Biden's only way out of their $28 trillion federal debt. So if you have an IRA worth 50K or more, 401K or savings, your money is at risk. 
Go to retirewithnewsmax.com to get your free IRS loophole kit. That's right. Go to retirewithnewsmax.com. And my friends at Gold Co. will give you up to $10,000 or more in free silver with a qualified account. Just retirewithnewsmax.com. Oh, um, by the way, 70% of Americans are embarrassed by Joe Biden's failed Afghanistan withdrawal. 70% of Americans agreed with the statement that Biden's Afghanistan withdrawal was a national humiliation. The latest Rasmussen report said that 70% agreed that the Biden withdrawal was a national humiliation. 51% strongly agreeing with that sentiment. That's why so many people are saying, bleep Joe Biden. And I hope it grows and grows and grows. And the feeling is not one of only shame and anger, but bipartisanship. The survey uh, outfit said that 56% of Democrats, what, also agreed that it was something to be ashamed of. Wow, that's gigantic. And now we've got France pulling its ambassador. Now we've got a uh, Pentagon acknowledging a drone strike in Afghanistan that killed 10 civilians, seven children You've got a a panel advising the FDA to recommend COVID-19 for all Americans over 16. France is mad at us. Sacre bleu, merde, etc. (laughs) Wow, wow, wow. And the president was on vacation again. He went on vacation for Labor Day. Uh, He went on vacation when uh, Kabul fell. And he was on vacation even though 15,000 Haitians are under a bridge in Texas. Shows where the priorities are, kids. And apparently Chuck Todd is uh, is trending on Twitter because uh, people think he's being a traitor for pointing out the obvious that Joe Biden is bleeping up everything he touches. There's a new migrant crisis at the Texas border with more than 10,000 Haitians living in deteriorating conditions. U.S. military had to admit its missile strike uh, in Kabul in response to the killing of 13 soldiers was in error and that it killed up to 10 innocent civilians. And then you had the issue with France. So angry about a, uh, a, the U.S. sabotaging their submarine deal with Australia that they actually recalled their ambassador, Jeff. Mon Dieu, fromage! Mason, um, what is the mood at the White House uh, right now? Because this is, it's been a rough six weeks. Must be good because the president was on vacation in Delaware this weekend again. And it seems as if it's only getting worse. And it got a lot worse on that Friday afternoon with yeah. all of those things happening in one day. The mood is one of um, soldiering on. I mean, they're certainly in battle. This is Jeff Mason, White House correspondent. Right now, but this White House has said from the beginning, Joe Biden can chew gum. You know, uh, Reuters ought to have two bureaus, one for men and one for women. And they ought to call the one for men him Reuters. Okay, I just made that up. And walk at the same time. And I need to give you a dad joke alert. And all the people around him can do the same. But certainly some of these crises are not ones that they expected. I don't think they expected to see one of the U.S.'s oldest allies recalling its ambassador. So Yeah, they also didn't expect the uh, the Afghan government to collapse in 12 days. They're soldiering on. They're trying to say, we've, we've got this. We're, we're going to roll through it. But it's a tough time. Whatever happened to masculine men? You know, Anna, with the, the Afghanistan withdrawal, uh, and how it went, and then you have the what the Pentagon said, and then you look at the border. There is this growing boy. Can you guys get your? It's called an SH show. Arms around our problems. This seems to be the real challenge. Yeah, and I think they have continued to stumble here, right? They don't have the message. This is Anna Palmer. Right? They don't necessarily have the policy, right? I think there's a lot of questions on Capitol Hill now that these members are coming back. Where In other words, they suck. Welcome back, Carter. They're going to face 
investigations on Afghanistan. What happened there? It's not going away. And I think this is something where this White House is really not kind of. Are we watching the same channel, the same NBC that, you know, was totally sucks up to Joe Biden all the time? Got its feet underneath it. And maybe it's because they realize that uh, people are really, really fed up. I'm, I'm thinking pretty much that. And it's going to become so overwhelming. It's not even funny. Here's Joe Biden's welcome in New Jersey, by the way. Nobody showed up. Nobody showed up for Joe Biden's recent appearance in New Jersey. Nobody but counter-protesters. Listen. Stay back, please. Stay back. You murderer! You murderer! Killing our kids out there! You murderer! Murderer! Killing our kids out there! You worthless piece of trash! That's not love. Uh, That's not love. Worthless piece of trash! Oh, we are having a Berlin Wall movement in this country, people. It's going to become so heavy that the government won't be able to stand it. The American people are very, very angry. It will be peaceful, but it's only going to build. And no matter what social media, big social media, the mainstream media, and the Democrat Party does, this uh, avalanche is not stopping. Here's Nancy Pelosi getting welcomed in England over the weekend. The whole world knows that Donald Trump won the 2020 election, Nancy. Nancy, Trump won. That'll get you banned on Twitter. We Nancy all know Trump it. Trump won. The whole world knows. You're a fraud. You're a fraud, Nancy. You're not welcome here. Yay, Great Britain. Hell, I like that. I, 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 you know what? I like anti-Pelosi chants even better with an English accent. That's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. Majority of New York City restaurants not enforcing the vaccine mandate because they don't feel like they should be forced to do it. Now, I, I reported this on Friday. About one in 15 restaurants asked reporters for ID. Uh, reporters went in and asked one of four, and only four said they were actually checking. So that's about two-thirds of restaurants saying, screw you. Uh, New York Unions for Choice hosted a big uh, rally protesting Biden, oddly enough, former New York State Governor Andrew Cuomo and Bill de Blasio's medical mandates. Here's a little bit of the audio from this. And normally New York, a bastion of uh, sycophants who just suck up the Democrats left and right. Not so much. And they were chanting F. Joe Biden as they crossed one of the bridges. They were chanting, my body, my choice, too. I love this. It's finally catching on. We'll talk to Andrew Giuliani about this in a few minutes. My body, my choice. My body. I never thought I would do that. Here is an anti-vax guy online. He's uh, gone viral for doing something very funny. Hi, this is a little message to the unvaccinated. Ugh. You are killing everyone. It's your fault. You're being selfish. So get the vaccine because I'm vaccinated. I am vaccinated. Okay. And so I'm protected because the vaccine is safe and effective. So if you're around me and you're unvaccinated, then you're putting me at, at, well, you're not, you're, no, okay. So you're (laughs) selfish because if I'm protected and you're around me, then I'm, then I'm fine, but you're but you're me. Sorry. If you're not vaccinated, then you're not. It's your, um, you're racist, is what I say. 
That's fantastic. Uh, Grant Stitchfield had uh, Greg Hartley. He uh, he talked about uh, an exchange between Emerald Robinson, who will join us in just a second after this, and uh, Jen Psaki and the body language and the reaction that uh, uh, Jen Psaki gives Emerald Robinson when she gives her a little wet fur. Yet the Biden administration is cutting supplies in red states by 50 percent. So, yeah. for example. Uh, you know, in Florida, they those were- monoclonal antibodies. Then uh, Joe Biden is cutting them in half for states like Florida, so people will die. And he's doing it because he's being a vindictive D-word for Richard. Expecting to get seventy thousand doses this week, which they say they need. They're only getting thirty thousand doses, and this is not just for unvaccinated people. That's Emerald in South Florida. Half the she kicks butt. People who are seeking this treatment are fully vaccinated. Former U.S. Army integra- interrogator. And body language expert, Greg Body language. Free Hartley is here. There is so much there, including, I know it's not body language, but the, uh, I want to ask you about the, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, what do you make Oh, yeah, that? I mean, okay, the short note is Emerald is not on her Christmas card list. You can rest assured. You oh. can see that she does <laughs> yeah. not like you yeah. guys. It's clear here. Look at every, all this. I'm thinking Jen Psaki has an Emerald chant that she does. Movement. She barriers at one point by using her hand to cross her face. To cover her hair, most of the time she uses the hand on the same side. Look at those lips, that drawn lips. That's adapting to release nervous energy to contain it. She's containing. What I call that butt mouth. She's saying, look at the blink rate. When we are in fight or flight and she's in fight. It's when your mouth gets kind of gushy, it looks like a butt. Our, our adrenaline hits our system and it causes our eyes to flutter because we're trying to dry our eye and our eyes are getting drier and drier, drier and drier. Yeah. And as we try to wet with that eyelid, it just flutters more. You can see it. She's yeah. in fight mode and ready. And- All right, let's call Emerald Robinson to Washington, D.C., shall we, to talk about the big uh, the big protests and the over-policing of it this weekend and, and her talk with Jen. Hello. Good morning, Emerald. How are you today? Good morning. I'm great. How are you? I am great. Wow. I mean, what a what an enormously violent mob assembled before the Capitol on uh, Saturday. Thank God they had all those. Uh, I swear. <laughs> I, was, I was just hearing a, a buddy of mine who does a national uh, radio show talking about it. He lives in D.C. and he went down and he said they had created uh, areas where protesters would be boxed in by dump trucks. There were police officers on horseback on the side. There were police dogs. There were storm shock troopers, which, I mean, it looked like Starship Trippers, the movie, and all for what? A max of about, what, 200 people? (laughs) Well, I I think about 300 journalists. (laughs) Wow. I saw one of my friends post who actually went down there to cover it, like the journalist to regular person ratio was like 10 to 1. (laughs) This, honestly, it it was embarrassing. In, In a word, it was embarrassing. Really? Seriously? What have you heard as far as reaction after it happened with journalists and otherwise? You know, everybody on, as far as, you know, our audience would care about reactions from, sort of expected this. Yeah. We were talking about it last week. People were very concerned. It just seemed that it didn't pass the sniff test. So we didn't think people were really going to go in large amounts. And that's what happened. And um, it, it reminded me so much. I remember the bomb threat three weeks ago that now we've heard nothing else about. And they cleaned it up really, really fast. And yeah. people started, like, making fun of the FBI yeah. on social media. It's just sort of like that. Okay, it's over. Let's not talk about it anymore. Yeah. Let's not evaluate what really happened that day. The memes, though, are cracking me up. They're still going today with some of those people who were (laughs) clearly undercover law enforcement. What agency we can suspect, but not maybe say for sure, because there's several of them. 
Um, it's so funny. And me and my husband, we always laugh at this because you can point them out no matter if they're trying to dress like everyone else <laughs> or trying to blend in. They never blend in. No. You know exactly who they are. And they're all around town at different things. And you're like, oh, yeah, total bed. Yeah. yeah. I, I, not, they don't look normal. I saw a group of these guys in there, you know, they're wearing the high tight hair. Uh, you could tell they yeah. were they were concealed carry, dear God in heaven. And the really funny thing is they wear tight shorts and tight shirts. So, you know, if you're gonna conceal carry, might want to wear some cargo shorts. Just saying. Right. <laughs> and and then one of and them what's so funny about those particular ones is that they thought that kind of attire is what was going to help them blend in. Because I thought they were going to a frat beach party. Yeah. <laughs> based on their look. Yeah. And none of them were hanging out with their families. Uh, and, you know, none of them were there. They were all they, these you know, three or four guys look exactly like just hanging out together, you know, creating small talk. You know, like, my, the weather is certainly very nice well, today. I'll be looking in a different direction. <laughs> you know. Yeah, everybody's surveilling the crowd. And then the, the piece de resistance was the, the police going after a guy because they thought he was concealed carry. And they approach him, they surround him. Turns out he was a fed. <laughs> He was undercover, yeah. And you know what, though? He was dressed a little more appropriately, though. Was he? So they, he couldn't send the sing- signal to the other, you know, to the police. They probably knew the other guys spot on. They were like, oh, yeah, we won't mess with those guys. They're, yeah. you know, on our, they're law enforcement, too. But that guy actually, you know, did a better job of uh, with his costume. Unbelievable. Now, also in the news, the uh, the new governor of New York is insisting the two-year-olds at daycare wear masks. And uh, a daycare mom, a video of her toddler went viral over the weekend. You also were mentioned in a comment, I know, on The Blaze. Uh, you saw this picture of this two-year-old. You have a young child. Tell me about your reaction to that. It's appalling. It's just, it's appalling. And I actually had an experience over the weekend where I take my kid on a nature hike. It's a nature treasure hunt out in the woods, away from everybody. And the lady hands my kid a rainbow tie-dye mask and says, here, buddy, so you can feel safe inside. I'm like, yeah, he doesn't that. Unbelievable. We find out today that uh, Pfizer, the uh, kids uh, 5 to 12 can now get a vaccine shot, which means one thing. Uh, Pfizer's going to make a bleep ton of money. 1.1% of deaths associated with COVID are children of that age group. What are your thoughts on uh, 5 to 12-year-olds getting a vaccine or even being forced to have a vaccine to go to daycare or school? Uh, same reaction, only stronger mm. that I have to mask. It's appalling. Mm. There are, we know that children are not at risk with COVID-19 and there's much more of a chance for vaccine injury than there are of them getting COVID seriously and being hospitalized or dying. Yeah. Now, one thing also that kind of went viral this weekend was your your exchange with uh, with Jen Psaki last week. I know that I think it was Stinchfield had a body language expert on to talk about Psaki's reaction. And he had, yes. he had all sorts of things to say about how she reacted. I see that. Oh my gosh, I'm going to have to have editors pull that back up for me so I can watch that. I want to know. Oh, it is fantastic. And and uh, the real Rachel Maria also did, and she's a, she's a comedian. What she does is she dresses like Jen Psaki and she lip syncs her reactions. I believe she did Jen Psaki's reaction to your question as well. I'll have to send you that. But tell me about that interaction when she called on you uh, because he clearly hates calling on you. <laughs> 
she does, and she usually doesn't. And I was really quite shocked. But, you know, I just start yelling follow-up to people's questions. And I started earlier on because she came kind of in an – you have to be very targeted, right? You have to have a strategy if you're me (laughs) in that briefing room. So she had come to someone just like kind of diagonal to me. So it looked really bad on her not to give me a follow-up. And I was surprised she didn't just say, Emerald, I'll come back to you, and then not. I was prepared for her to do that. I was going to, I had a strategy for that, too. Yeah. Um, but she kind of put her box herself in, and she couldn't. She had to come back to me. <laughs> but this was a legit question, right? Yes. And so yes. she she really regretted having come back to me <laughs> and calling on me. But she tried to avoid it, and I'm prepared for any day now that they think, try to figure out something else that to try to restrict my access to the briefing room. Well, you know you're asking good questions, Emerald, when other journalists notice her reaction. And this isn't about this isn't about a personality conflict. This is about you asking questions that nobody else will ask and her freaking out. Now, Peter Ducey, he can ask questions all day, but you apparently, there's something about you asking those tough yeah. questions. There's something about you asking those tough questions. I don't know what it is. She just really, really hates it. Yes, she really, really does. And sometimes with certain things, you know, Peter has to cover a lot. So, like, the Fauci stuff, he might not know as well, and she doesn't get quite as many follow-ups from him. Gotcha. Um, He's really good on the immigration stuff, right, the border. He knows that backwards and forwards. And so she's kind of prepared. She knows what he's going to probably come at her with. And I think that she doesn't quite know what I or maybe a couple (laughs) other people might ask. And that's why it's worse. I love that uh, you are getting under her skin because she can't skate. She can't skate when you ask a question. She cannot. And so I think it's fantastic that she took the question. I think it's also uh, fantastic that you're asking the tough questions that nobody else will. And and that you're getting under skin is like a, a bonus. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh, I'll have to watch Rachel's uh, interpretation of it. She cracks me up. She's fantastic. All right. Hey, listen, Emerald, thank you very much for joining me this morning. I know you're very busy. I appreciate your insights. Have a great week, and we'll have you again on real soon, okay? Thanks, Rob. All right, take care. All right, so there you go. There's uh, Emerald Robinson. Absolutely, absolutely awesome. Love her. Love her lots. It's amazing when you look at it. One of the reasons why I question things like vaccine passports and vaccine mandates and mask mandates and all this is that our political leaders don't believe it. They don't believe it. You saw Anthony Fauci last year. Height of the pandemic, beginning of the pandemic, Nationals ballpark. Everybody's supposed to wear masks. Everybody's supposed to. And he is in the stands not wearing a mask. Gavin Newsom, everybody's got to wear a mask. Businesses must close. Goes to the French Laundry, a pretentious restaurant for a $25,000 meal with, uh, well, it was more than that. I think the, the bar tab was 23000 There are 24 people there. So I don't know who drinks 1000 bucks worth of alcohol, but dang, 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 dang. Nancy Pelosi insists that House members wear masks, but the Senate doesn't have to wear masks. You know why? Why? Because masks are stupid and they don't work, and all they do is broadcast fear. Think about it, guys. Just think about it. AOC goes to this insipid ball in New York last week wearing a Tax the Rich dress, and she's treated like royalty. Her handlers, the serfs, have to wear masks, but she doesn't have to. Nancy Pelosi had a fundraiser in Napa a couple weeks ago, and and everybody paid like $30,000 to enjoy time with this wretched, awful woman, and only the servants had to wear masks. 
You're being played. You're being played. Yes, COVID is serious for those who have pre-existing conditions. Yes, vaccines are important. And if you choose to take the vaccine, good, 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 great. But the Emmys were this weekend, and apparently uh, even Seth Rogen noticed last night the hypocrisy of Hollywood not wearing masks. Let me start by saying there is way too many of us in this little room. (laughs) What are we doing? They said this was outdoors. It's not. They lied to us. If it's this deadly and awful, what? this isn't a laughing matter, right? Everybody should be wearing hazmat suits like in the movie Outbreak. Everybody should be wearing hazmat suits like in the movie Outbreak because everybody's going to die. That's what the media is telling you. Everybody's going to die if you don't wear masks. Everybody's going to die if you go, don't get vaccinated. And they're making jokes about it. You know why? Because you're being played. We're in a hermetically sealed tent right now. I would not have come to this. Why is there a roof? It's if it's that deadly, why didn't you just say, I'm not going out there? More important that we have three chandeliers than that we make sure we don't kill Eugene Levy tonight. Okay. So, yeah, cute. Ha, ha, ha. Uh, you're being played. You're being played. <laughs> Pfizer says its vaccine is safe and effective in low doses for kids under 12. Could be authorized by Halloween despite children making up 0.1% of all COVID deaths. And it isn't because of COVID. It's with COVID. Yeah, younger children are going to receive smaller doses. The company plans to seek FDA uh, emergency use authorization this month. Does 0.1% of all COVID deaths sounds like an emergency? Does it? Does it? Parents are split 50-50 over whether or not to vaccinate their kids because children make up 0.1% of all COVID deaths in the United States. And if you insist on your kid getting vaccinated seriously, maybe you ought to, you know, kind of look at yourself as a parent. Sorry. Insisting maybe grandma get vaccinated? Sure. Maybe obese uh, relative? Sure. A relative with diabetes? Uh Uh-huh. Child under five? No. Or five to 12? Uh, No, not necessary. Meanwhile, in New York, Governor Kathy Hochul implemented a universal mask mandate for child care and daycare centers last week. And here is a New York mom sharing video of her young crying son being forcibly masked at daycare. <laughs> put your mask on. Now you gotta, you gotta wear it on, honey. No, you gotta keep it on. Put your mask on. State-sponsored child abuse. That's what it is. And if you support it, you are an abuser. Yay, Mason! Yay! Yay, cheer all you want. Not going to make any difference. Keep it on, Mason. Look, we're going to keep it right here. This is what Ann Walker, the mom, said. This is my poor child at daycare today so I can work. Hashtag breaks my heart. Hashtag uh, Governor Hochul, this won't work. I'm not upset with this daycare. They are attempting to comply with the mandate. I love where he is. I'm pissed but our governor and OCEFS who think mandating two-year-olds to wear masks seven to ten hours a day is is necessary. Dear God in heaven. Dear God in heaven. Republican Senate candidate uh, J.D. Vance, may God forgive us for doing this to our kids. No, we aren't. Idiot COVID dictators like this this awful governor is doing it. Senator Ted Cruz, this is not science. It's political virtue signaling. Cruel to kids. 
Representative Thomas Massey, how is this helping children? It's not. Please stop the cruelty. Radio host Jesse Kelly, fear makes people monsters. This hag doesn't even realize she's becoming subhuman. Talking about the governor of the state of New York. Shame on her. Shame on all COVID dictators around the country. Get back. Let's call candidate for governor, Andrew Giuliani, shall we? He's running for governor in the state of New York. His uh, positives are rocking. He is out in front. He's got a long way to go and a short time to get there. Let's get him on the phone. Hello? Andrew Giuliani, Rob Carson. How are you, my brother? Hey, Rob. How are you? I'm good, man. How's life on the stump? It's good. We're... We're busy, we're busy, but all is good over here. We're, we're seeing our lead expand out. So things, I love uh, it. Things are looking good. I saw a, uh, a favorability poll last week. Uh, you at 46% versus Zeldin 22, Astorino at 19. You got to feel kind of good about that. At least people are saying they like your message. They like the person who's delivering the message as well. Yeah, that's absolutely right. I mean, we, uh, and, and the great thing about this was, you know, the only statewide poll that was released before this was a poll that our campaign commissioned. This is an independent poll done by Siena. So this is not commissioned by any of the campaigns, truly independent. And it's shown kind of what we've seen all along, which is that, you know, our message is being well-received, not just by Republicans, but actually 29% of Democrats, as a matter of fact, which, you know, is going to be an important part of, uh, of winning this state as well. So you're going to have to be able to win enough independents and, and, uh, and win enough Democrats to be able to actually win the whole thing. But to see us leading more than two to one, on favorability amongst Republicans is uh, really, really good. I think it shows that our strategy is working and paying off, and uh, we're going to keep at it for the next 14 months. So now, what have you learned so far on the trail? What, what are your takeaways so far on the campaign trail? I think no matter how diverse a state New York is, and I think for those people that don't know or don't know don't New York State, maybe know New York City, but not New York State, it is certainly a very diverse state. Um, there are three things that really affect all New Yorkers all across our great state, right? One, obviously, everybody is concerned with the rising crime that we've seen. And this is not just a matter of a New York City issue. This is, you're seeing this in Buffalo. You're seeing it in Rochester. And you're seeing it actually in some of the rural areas as well, thanks to this wonderful bail reform uh, piece of legislation. Obviously, I'm being sarcastic. <laughs> yeah. It's one of the worst pieces of legislation ever signed. Um, that's one thing. Secondly, education. Everybody's worried about critical race theory in urban areas. They want more school choice. They want their tax dollars to follow their kids, more charter options. Even now in this day and age, people want more homeschooling options, and they want tax vouchers for that. That's the second yeah. thing. Uh, and I think third, it's the economic issues that New York, New York right now is not economically competitive with the likes of Florida and Texas and Tennessee. We need to make sure that New York is economically competitive. We need to make New York a jobs creating state, not a place that we're seeing jobs flee. I, I think one of the proposals that we've seen recently would actually make the highest bracket tax level in New York when you add everything up over 62 percent that's just going to cause that's just going to cause more and more people to flee and and, and take their wealth to florida well i was uh, in talks with some folks at newsmax about the possibility of uh maintaining a second residence um and doing more work uh, in florida washington (laughs) dc or new york city you know what i said to new york well i can't say it i can't say what i said when they suggested (laughs) i said no freaking way are you out of your nut and that that's terrible man because it's 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 a great city. You know, I'm not that familiar, but I said no freaking way. (laughs) There's no way. How do you get people to come there? 
I completely understand. And I tell you, we, we hear it more and more from New Yorkers now, which is, you know, you have some people that have said, I'm leaving or I've left. And you have some other people that say, look, you know what, I'm going to give it one more shot here yeah. until 2022. And if we don't see this change that we need, then guess what? I'm leaving for Florida. And the truth is, if you have a business right now, Florida is more accommodating. They are better for jobs creators. And, and, and obviously, from a tax perspective, people can live for free for the taxes that they're paying in New York State right now, not to mention New York City when you add the city tax on top there right there. <laughs> we just need to be more competitive. Uh, I always look at it this way. If the government can get out of the way with regards to New York, New York will be one of the centers for commerce, not just in the United States, but in the world. It's when the government gets too involved, there's too much overregulation, yes. overtaxation, where people end up saying, you know what, I love New York City, I'll come visit it once or twice a year but I'm not going to make my residence there. We can't make that an option. The sickening thing about it all, and it's the same way with uh, many third world countries, is you've got the greatest natural resource, and that is his people. Yeah. And the only thing that's yeah. really holding down, like California was Eden, and honestly, it's time to write off California. California's done. And I don't want to see that happen in New York, but I'm afraid it will unless you get <laughs> elected, you know. I mean, you've got every, everything <laughs> they need, natural resource, people, location, the whole deal, port cities, all this stuff. And the only thing standing in the way is government. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. I think it's a, a fair assessment. And you're right. I think California is a really good comparison mm. to New York. I think another comparison is Illinois, unfortunately. Ugh. And we're, we're seeing the unfunded liabilities of Illinois and how they've taxed and, they, and they've overregulated their taxpayers and their businesses out of state, where now you're getting all these unfunded uh, liabilities, which ultimately cannot actually even be paid for. So I would say New York is probably let's say, five years behind Illinois right now. And we don't, we don't want to catch up in those five years. We want to kind of make sure that New York does a turn like we did in the 90s and not continue down the path of the Illinois and California. Now we, uh, we see the interim governor of uh, New York is a COVID dictator. Uh, she has said yeah. that two-year-olds should wear masks. There's a, a viral video of a two-year-old being forced to wear a mask that is sweeping the country. Your thoughts on uh, on this radical, I mean, very, uh, even, I think, more radical than the than the governor. Well, your thoughts on, on her edicts? Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> I mean, when you see that video specifically and, and when you see these kids that are, you know, that, that are, I remember passing a daycare facility with my wife a couple of days ago and looking and these kids all had their masks on outside. And, and you're looking, and, and for me, I, I'm thinking a couple of things, right? One, obviously, communication is 90% nonverbal. And you're developing at yeah. a, a year old, a two years old, a three years old. I mean, we've seen many Democratic politicians, we've seen many leaders get up and speak, take their mask off and say, it's tough to communicate with a mask on. Well, these are, these are people <laughs> who are highly educated, who have gone through the press 50, 60 years old. Imagine how that is for an 18-month-old or a two-year-old. Of course, it's impossible to really truly communicate in the way that children need to learn right there. The other thing that I worry about, and, and I've recently seen a study from JAMA, J-A-M-A, on this, is the carbon dioxide levels the kids may actually be intaking with yeah. those masks right there yeah. and on the developing brain. To me, this is something that doesn't get discussed enough. Uh, you know, President Trump used to say you can't let the cure be worse than the virus, right? And, and for us, I'm looking at this with kids still, right? I mean, kids have a 99.997 recovery rate on this stuff. It, it generally, uh, I look at this and say, I think we've gone way too overboard. 
I think we need to make sure that our kids can be in school unmasked and allow them to start living their normal lives. Yeah. In my kid's school district, there are hundreds of thousands of, uh, of kids, and there were 600 tested positive last month for COVID. One hospitalization and they're forcing them all to wear masks honestly it is i hope we wake up from this long nightmare very soon uh so what's on the plate here the next couple uh, weeks for you my friend well we are actually going up to albany tomorrow as a matter of fact there'll be a big anti-vaccine mandate protest yes um obviously as we've said and 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 you mentioned governor hochel there with her uh, mandates on masks. Well, she is certainly promoting these vaccine mandates as well. And I, and I think we're starting to see a backlash to them right now. These restaurants, and I think some of the restaurants that accepted the vaccine mandate early on, uh, they're looking and saying, you know what, we can't be the policemen anymore on this stuff. We nope. have been through so much over the last 18 months. The last thing that our major D's need to be doing is actually being the enforcers when it comes to a vaccine passport and all this. Yep. So I think they're starting to have more and more support build for these uh, anti-mandate well, did you measures. See, <clears throat> did you see New York City? Did you see New York, New York City over the weekend? It's beginning to look yep. a little bit like Paris, a little like Brussels. And I'm so glad to see this catching on fire because I was worried about us. I mean, if they're kicking yep. our butt in France and having a half a million people show up, that's a problem. But it, it finally started to catch fire this weekend. Yeah, I, I think so. I, I think it absolutely did. It was great to see that in Times Square there. There'll be one at the Capitol in Albany uh, on Wednesday, which I'll be at. Great. Um, and we need to continue to, to pound this message in. This is something that I think the government has gone, you know, is unconstitutional, it's first off. It's too much. Um, and and I, I think the government has gone way over their skis on this stuff. Right, also, right. let's just, again, let's just follow the science on this. New York State conducted their own study in terms of where the uh, where, where COVID is actually transmitted. And uh, one of the lowest on the list were restaurants and eating establishments. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I don't understand why they would actually continue to do this to these small businesses. I mean, I have my theories on this, yes. but uh, I, I, I just don't understand why they would continue to single out these small businesses that have been through the ringer over the last 18 months. And they're such an important part of New York life, of American life, and it just it's so disappointing. It's something yeah. we have to continue to fight back again. Yeah, I think people are done. I think they're done. Um, hey, listen, where can people go to uh, follow you and also help you out, brother? Absolutely. Go to nyforgiuliani.com. That's N-Y-F-O-R-G-I-U-L-I-A-N-I.com. And you can follow us on all of our uh, social media profiles at Andrew H. Giuliani. So we're going to keep on you know, moving around the state over here for the next 14 months, getting our message out there and trying to make sure we can do everything we can to make sure we bring New York more online yeah. with the Floridas and Texas in the world and not the Californias. Or even I've been adding recently, Rob, we've been competing more with, like, Venezuela than even California, <laughs> yeah. it feels like, unfortunately. Exactly. So, they, by the way, Rob, yeah. I, I want to let you know, they did achieve equality in Venezuela. Everybody is equal. Everybody's equally you-know-what-it, though. It's, yeah. it's, it's not good. So. All right, bud. Well, uh, good luck, and uh, we'll, we'll watch for footage of you in, uh, in Albany on Wednesday, okay? Thanks, Rob. We'll talk to you soon. All right. See you, buddy. Bye. All right. Hopefully the next governor of the great state of New York, Andrew Giuliani, uh, joining me there and uh, the the savior of the state. Will New York become another California? Because California's done. They're done. They're over. A debt bomb is coming, guys. Yeah. Inflation and tax hikes. They're already here. If you have $50,000 or more in your IRA, 401k, or savings or money is at risk, learn how to protect it. With a little-known IRS loophole that involves uh, precious metals, go to retirewithnewsmax.com, okay? 
Get your free IRS loophole kit. That's right. Go to retirewithnewsmax.com. It's that easy. And my friends at Gold Co. will give you up to $10,000 or more in free silver with a qualified account. Gold Co. has helped thousands of Americans protect their retirement against inflation and tax hikes. So what are you waiting for? Go to retirewithnewsmax.com, retirewithnewsmax.com. DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas is going to visit the Rio Grande, crossing where 15,000 Haitians have congregated, but Biden and Harris still have not addressed the uh, crisis as three expulsion flights land in Haiti with seven flights planned daily. Huh, why is that? Maybe we've had enough. Biden and Harris have not done it. She went to a, uh, a football game over the weekend where there were literally 80% empty stadium, but they piped in crowd noise for 100,000 people to prop up her coin toss. And then Joe Biden was riding bikes in Delaware over the weekend. Yeah, Mayorkas said he'll be traveling to the border himself. He is honestly an incompetent tool, an incompetent tool, a bureaucratic tool a worthless worthless bureaucratic tool just like the defense secretary just like mark milley just like anthony blinken our secretary of state all bureaucratic tools 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 Joe Biden came up with this over-the-horizon strategy where we were going to well, pull out our military, leave people stranded in Afghanistan, and, and they're going to call it uh, over-the-horizon, meaning that they're going to bomb people using drones. Only problem is they bombed a family and killed a father and seven children driving a, uh, a Toyota Corolla. And they were putting water into their into their car, and they were blown to smithereens. They were blown to powder. And by the way, Mark Milley said it was a righteous strike, and uh, and Anthony Blinken said it was it was spot on. And Jen Psaki said, "Oh yeah, we killed two terrorists. They were riding the back of a moped, and they were the ones responsible for the bombing that killed thirteen of our soldiers and up to." Almost 300 people at the airport in Kabul. But unfortunately, that was a big, fat lie, and they had to admit it on Friday. Here is the media slobbering over Joe Biden's over-the-horizon strategy. We can strike them from outside Afghan borders, which is a critical element of the Biden plan once we withdraw. Biden plan. So this over-the-horizon capability was demonstrated. I thought it was effective. You yeah. call this strike remarkable. This Very is- effective in killing innocent children. I mean, honestly, if your goal is to kill innocent children, mission accomplished. That's a righteous strike. It's a realization of what President Biden calls the over-the-horizon strategy. The military event. Should be called the over-the-hill strategy. Today is so much more than just a single drone strike. It is a projection of power. <laughs> it is a message from the United States. Now we're here to kill your children. Government, that even though we're leaving, we're not done with counterterrorism oh, operations. Even boy. though we're going to have to do this, as they say, over the horizon from remote locations, and it's going to be far more challenging, we can still do it. Yeah, here's Cortez and Pellegrino talking to Michael Savage about the drone strike that successfully killed seven children. If you want to kill children, it was very successful. Beautiful children. They could be our children. Beautiful children. Yeah. Third world children, by the way. Sacred third world children. I think that my clown would be a better president than Biden. I'm trying to make it light because I'm so fed up with it all. This clown would be more vocal, more colorful, and certainly more trustworthy than Joe Biden, wherever he may be. But let's be serious for a minute. It's a serious topic. Donald Trump is president to cover up a mistake. He fires a drone, authorizes a drone strike, and it kills 10 innocent people. 
Tell me what would be going on at the New York Times newsroom now. Right. Tell me. They just wanted the headline that they killed a couple of terrorists. That's all they cared about. They didn't really care about what they were striking. They just needed a drone strike and they were going to cover it up. This is a nightmare. But it's not the only nightmare. Biden is drone striking America at the border. Biden is drone striking America in our schools. Biden is dividing and conquering us on every level and winning, by the way. It's not him. We know he's a stooge. We know he's a front man. We know it's Auntie Nancy running the country, a summoner here in San Francisco. That's clear by what just happened here with the recall vote. So have they no shame? Of course not. They don't have shame. Let's wrap things up with a couple positive stories, shall we? This is funny. Boston, Massachusetts, they're so desperately short of bus drivers that the high school students reportedly had no choice but to board a chartered bus fully equipped with stripper poles (laughs) and neon lighting. Area English teacher Jim Mayer shared an image on his Twitter page showing a party bus with stripper poles and neon lighting being used (laughs) due to the national school bus driver shortage. My school has hired a party bus with stripper poles to transport us for a field trip. This is not a drill. He later added, finally home from the best field trip ever. (laughs) My favorite part. Mr. Mayor asked one student, is that a real stripper pole? Yes, I replied. Huh, I've never seen one before, uh, Mr. Mayor. Uh, me neither. In a further series of remarks explaining the situation, Mayors reported that the school initially booked a school bus for the trip, but due to the shortage, the reservation fell through at the last moment. When you promise hundreds of kids a fun day with their advisories, you make it happen, he told uh, Newsweek's reporting, noting that the school ultimately opted to pay a party bus to transport the students to their destinations. He added it's a funny story, but they're actually a real bus shortage. Uh, you know, just think about how cool that would be as like an 11-year-old boy. Just, you know, g- sipping your Sunny D out of a champagne flute. <laughs> that is so spectacular. And some good news. A new drug trial to treat a form of breast cancer has been called groundbreaking. Pharmaceutical company AstraZeneca demonstrated a 72% reduction in the risk of disease progression or death in women with HR2 positive metastatic breast cancer compared to a different medicine. This is pretty big. This is pretty big. The company said nearly all patients treated with this drug were alive at one year, 94% compared to 85% of patients treated with another one. Apparently, this according to Susan Galbraith, Executive Vice Director of Oncology and Research and Development. Today's results are groundbreaking. Oh, my God in heaven, will I toast the day that cancer is defeated. It's going to do it for the show today, guys. I greatly appreciate you. It's growing by leaps and bounds. We have a very big announcement we're going to make here very soon. Sometime this week. Stay tuned. Watch the news. It's going to be pretty big. Thank you for joining me in the meantime, and please share with others. Just go to uh, NewsmaxTV.com slash podcast if you want all the digital platforms where it's available. If you do that, that would be huge. And, of course, we're on Apple Podcasts. Uh, You can go there or just the Newsmax Daily with Rob Carson. Write a five-star review. That would be awesome. Uh, God bless you guys. God bless our soldiers, both living and past Gold Star families. 
police and all first responders and you and you thank you very much and until tomorrow uh, even a mask even a mask won't help but don't catch the stupid thanks for listening to the newsmax daily with rob carson check your cable guide or NewsmaxTV.com, or watch free on youtube roku apple pluto sumo amazon fire and your smart tv newsmax america's fastest growing cable news channel check NewsmaxTV.com for details